I'm launching a course called Successful ADHD Entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur for a long time, and I've had ADHD for a little bit longer than that. Over that time, I've learned quite a few things that make me quite effective. People even call me organized. After many people ask me to, I have created a course to share what I've learned with you. Get details at neurodiversity.me course. The first run is limited to only 20 students, and the first class is April 20th, so don't put this one off neurodiversity.me slash course. My name is Michael Whitehouse, the guy who knows a guy. I'm a global connector, networking concierge, and coach. For two decades, I believed that my ADHD was a disability. Only at the age of 41 would I come to realize that my ADHD was an incredible asset. And when I leaned into that, I achieved greater success than ever before. ADHD is the engine behind my own success as a networker and coach. Over the past few years, I've spoken with thousands of entrepreneurs and found that many of them have some kind of neurodiverse diagnosis, ADHD, autism, dyslexia, OCD, and more. Like me, for many of them, their neurodiversity is indeed the very source of their success. On this show, we will change the narrative on neurodiversity. I've heard enough about the challenges and how hard it can be. I want to hear about how awesome we are. It's time to start talking about how our neurodiversity can be an asset for ourselves, our communities, and our businesses. It's time to start talking about neurodiversity superpowers. Welcome to the Neurodiversity Superpowers podcast. Our guest today is Gail Kraft, motivational speaker, podcaster, author of The Empowering Process, and Empowerment Master, runs retreats and seminars offering various approaches for accessing self-awareness, focus, and emotional balance for healthier and happier living. Gain higher self-awareness, create smarter goals, and lower stress right now. She helps you make conscious choices and take control of your life today, not tomorrow, not yesterday, today. So welcome to the show, Gail. Hey, thank you, Mike, for having me. This is fantastic. I'm looking forward to our chit-chat. Yes, definitely excited to be getting started with this. This is a, a project I've been putting together for a few months. My calendar didn't allow me to get the interviews on for a while, and mm -hmm. uh, now the, the calendar gods have allowed me to put it together. So it's exciting to be getting started. Um, so we, we, I'll be starting out with three standard questions, then kind of let it flow from there, which is uh, to describe how you're successful, describe how you're neurodiverse, and then describe how those go together, how your success is caused by your neurodiversity. So we'll start with question one, describe how you are successful, Gail. Um, so my success, if I were to boil it down to one thing, is that I think outside the box on a regular basis. I see opportunities where most people don't. And I can give you a very, very quick story. Mm -hmm. First job I ever had as a leader the president of this organization, I won't name, called me and said, I'm firing your boss. I would like to offer you that position. We are in trouble and I know you can get us out of it. And I'm thinking they're in such trouble. There's only one way to go, but up. So I don't even see the problem, right? I don't see that I could put them out of business. I see, hey, nothing but possibilities. That's one thing. Nothing but possibilities, right? And I literally followed my instinct. And within six to seven months, we were actually looking for ways to spend money before year-end in tax season. Hmm. Right? And my boss would say, how did you know to do that? And I, and I can't tell you. I can't tell you how I know. I just know. Because when I let myself not stress out, 
I can see past the barriers that most people are locked in. Hmm. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And so, so what is your, what is your form of neurodiversity? I am dyslexic. So I see what's supposed to be there. I see backwards. I write backwards. I can read backwards and upside down and think that's normal. Mm-hmm. Some, I have very, a very hard time to say words that I totally understand, but I can't get my mouth around it. So even mm-hmm. it even affects my language. And I hear what I think is supposed to be there, not exactly what you're saying. Oh, so okay. frequently I will say, so if I understood you correctly, what you said was this, and you have an opportunity to go, oh, not quite right. <laughs> I'm like, cool. All right, let's get right. So I've learned to like check myself. Okay. Right. So, so you kind of over filter. I over, yeah, because my I, brain is way ahead of you. Okay. Right. I, I know what you're going to say. So I'm up, I'm over there. Right, right. I'm like way over there. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Cause I know, I know some people on the, at, at the other end of that is, is an autism is under filtering where right. like they can't not read the thing on the wall. They can't not listen to the sound. Um, but yours over filters. Ah, I know what that is. Right, right, right. And it's, it, as a coach, it's, it's been a great practice to stop my assumptions, mm. right? And check myself and then check with my clients. So it's been great for me to be a coach. <laughs> yeah, coaching is really good for the coaches. Oh my goodness, yes. And for yes. people being coached, but for the coaches, it's really great. Um, yeah, my clients, um, for the most part, are pretty happy. Oh, good. Yeah. They good come right back. There. So hello. Probably a good sign. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so how has that, that neurodiversity, the dyslexia and all the rest led to your success? Um, well, so I gave you one story for, mm-hmm. for example, and because as a child, I learned that I would have to struggle. Like I had to struggle to spell, even though I knew all the, the spelling rules, I knew them, right? I, before you accept F to C, but I wouldn't do that. Right. Um, and mathematically, I learned how to back check math because I would see a nine is a six and, you know, eight mm-hmm. is a three and so forth. Right. And so I learned to before I pass anything in to back check. Um, and so I learned to check, 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 check. Hmm. Right. And so I do that regularly. Now, the caveat to that is many times I still see what is supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. So uh, in my business, when I write a blog, I try not to post it that day, <laughs> <laughs> right? Even though I want to, I will look at it the next day and go, oh my God, thank goodness I didn't put that up there, right? And make all of the corrections because autocorrect is going to put what it thinks is there and it's not necessarily so, mm-hmm. right? Um, but again, it's it, because I have to check myself. I am able to, from a loving and caring perspective, check my clients, mm. right? It's like, is that really what, what happened? Is that your perception of what happened? Or is that if I were in the room, would I be seeing the same thing? Well, what if you went back a week later and reviewed the case? What would you be saying then, right? So the practice of checking yourself is a great coaching tool. Okay, so so you are teaching people the coping mechanism you developed. Yes. With your your own dyslexia, uh, but as a coping mechanism for everything they're doing. Right. (laughs) 
right? And it and it just seems organic. Things that seem natural to me because of the struggles that I faced as a child. Mm-hmm. I look at people and go, "Well, how did you not know that? Right? How did how did you not? Especially the thinking outside the box. Thinking mm-hmm. outside the box in in corporate um, in America, I would be like, well." You know, if we continue on this path, the trajectory is going to take us there. So we might want to take a little tweak here to change the direction. And like, how do you know that, Gail? I just know that that's where it's going to take you. And it's not, you know, some godly thing. It's because I've trained my brain to go the next step and go the next step and go the next step. Hmm. Interesting. And of course, if you didn't have that, then, you know, that, that's really where your strength comes in to be, you know, almost psychic. Uh, of course, you're not psychic because you're predicting the present. Exactly. Exactly. I could try to predict the future, but how far in the future can I go? Right. Right. Yeah, that's that's very powerful. And I'm as I'm you know, researching, I'm finding a, a lot of times the coping mechanisms developed for people of various neurodiversities are actually just really good skills. For example, if you have you know dyslexia, autism, whatever, you have to change the way you work in a certain way and adapt to it. And that's considered, you know, accommodations and adaptations, but everyone should really try to work the way they work best, even though they can function, they can get by doing it, whatever the standard way is, they could still be better if they do it their way, but they're not forced to. And so, so they don't. People are comfortable. And because I've become comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I think that's what happens, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. We become comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, that I'm not afraid. I've done things, you know, and yes, I have fallen flat on my face sometimes, right? <laughs> and and I've gone like full force and like partway there, I'm like, oh shit, right? <laughs> right? So I'm going to have to fix it at the end, but I'm on my way. And other times it's been, this is amazing that I took the chance. And I've been told, you're so brave, Gail, you're, you know, you're so courageous. And it's like, I've had to be brave to even show up at school. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it is a natural way of being for me. I'll get in my car and go on a road trip. I did last, not this, yeah, last summer, 10,000 miles cross country by myself Mm -hmm. because I wanted to. Right. You know how much fear people were throwing at me? You're a woman, you're alone, you don't know where you're going, you don't have a solid plan. Like, you know, I could walk out the door now and get shot somewhere. Come on. Mm -hmm. If I want to do this, I'm not going to be stupid about it, of course, but I'm also not going to not do something I want to do because of some fear that you have that you're trying to put on me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's huge. And, and one thing you, you mentioned is that is is something about like, you know, you failed a lot in school. And so you're not, you, you can envision failure and surviving it and envision it and moving through it. Mm-hmm. And if you've, I feel like there's some people, especially in the corporate world, who they haven't really failed. They haven't really gotten hit. And so they're afraid of, oh, it's going to hurt. Oh, no, what if I fail? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. But I'll tell you, let me tell you something. I've been on the board of directors of some very high-level companies in Boston. Mm -hmm. That really stunk. And I have been fired by some national two-bit organizations. And that stunk. Right? But. I, that the firing was the best thing in the world because that set me on the entrepreneurial path. Hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so, so how did you get onto your, your entrepreneurial path? So I got fired. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, the, the details behind it, you know, was 
were, you know, made up and ridiculous. The, the company just wanted me out because I was doing things like, oh, well, there's a dead elephant in the middle of the room we should talk about. And they're like, no, we don't talk about those things. Um, so I knew that I was on that path and sure enough. And after I became really bitter, really mm -hmm. nasty. I mean, I got a lawyer, I brought them to court. It was nah, nah, nah. And one day I looked at myself in the mirror and I did not like who I was looking at. Mm. And I thought, you know, two things. If I don't like what I'm looking at, why do I even have any friends? <laughs> right? How can I have friends when I can't stand me? Right? Um, and the second thing is, I'm the common denominator here. I'm the one who is very, very successful. And I'm the one who knew that this path in that company was going to put me on the chopping block and I did it anyway. Right? So the arrogance that got me up the ladder was also the arrogance that kicked me off out of the company. Mm -hmm. What's, what is that all about? What is the root of that? And how do I dissolve it? And then what, how do I make me a better person every day? And so I started, um, and that's not when I became a coach. I started, you know, personal development. I started affirmations, which don't work for me. I, <laughs> I, I use different processes because I'm lying to myself and I know. So, mm -hmm. um, so I became a business process coach. I became uh, certified as a six disciplines coach. And in that training, I realized they were lacking strong people skills. So I'm going to get me this thing called a life coaching certification to fill that gap because people first, then you can put any process in. They're going to love it. If you win them over, you've got it made. So, um, I started the life coach training and realized that the key to my success in corporate was that I was able to build a team and I was able to build a team because it was always about them and never about me. That's mm -hmm. what a coach is, right? I had been doing this my whole life. That was the key to my success. And it started pulling me. I, I know I don't choose what I do with coaching. <laughs> it, it chose me. And I've been studying the brain, how the brain works, how it functions. I've done master NLP training. I'm, I even have gone into soul work. How does the soul body mind connection work in order to understand what's making you tick so that we can make you feel good about ticking the way that you choose to tick and not the way that you let the world make you tick. Mm. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a huge thing. Uh, yeah. And, and I want to, get, want to get back to that, but first you mentioned uh, affirmations and how they don't work to align yourself, which I completely, I, I had someone who tried to push me to do affirmations. I'm like, but I'm, you know, I'm a millionaire, but I'm not. Not, right? You know, <laughs> I've actually heard some, some people say, similar to you said, that you get intense resistance because your mind knows that is a false statement. So it pushes back hard as opposed to I am, yeah, you, if you have an affirmation, I am working to become a millionaire. I'm on the path to be a millionaire. Uh, I am taking the first steps that a millionaire would take. You know, all those could be true statements. They but could. You can't just say, I don't even I do am. that. I don't. I don't even do that. So I tried affirmations, realized they weren't working. Mm -hmm. I tried declarations, realized they weren't working. And so uh, I stumbled across through NLP, 
empowering questions. That's where the empowering process book is 366 empowering questions Mm. and empowering questions. The millionaire thing is perfect, right? It has a presupposition that you're already doing it. Like you said, I am working towards it is actionable. It's there's action in the language and it's rooted in the now. So what more can I do right now to be sure that I continue on the path to make more and more money because my goal is to become a millionaire. Mm. Your subconscious goes, what more? Okay, so you're working on that and you're working on that. You start to open up your blinders to the possibilities of what's around you. Your subconscious mind starts looking for ways for you to succeed to answer that question. Mm. Boom. Boom. <laughs> that a question, so it opens instead of a statement, which closes. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Is. It's pretty powerful. Yep. Pretty yeah, powerful. Yeah, and questions, I mean, you know, questions have a great power. I mean, sometimes they kind of the, the running joke about um, uh, slanted media on either side is, you know, the, I'm just asking questions. But, you know, the way you yeah. ask a question can send a very powerful message. Right. Um, you know, why hasn't he answered the, the 30 calls we've sent about the thing that he clearly didn't do? Mm-hmm. Right. The intention behind that is blame. Yeah. And we yep. can go on and on about all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Why does he have a beard? What's he hiding under it? Right. Exactly. It's just a question. There are two questions, uh-huh. but, but there's, there's implication there. So, you know, using that, using that for good instead of evil, um, what more can I do to keep making money versus I am making and, money. And it's anchored in the now. What more can I do right now? Mm, okay. Right. Um, and one of the other, so here's another little tricky guys. I, I do with my clients is let's do something slightly different every day. Because like I said, I'm accustomed to doing whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm not much of a routine. I have a little bit of a routine and then I'm bored. So I need to <laughs> change that up. And so if you get up in the morning, you know, you go and you do your bathroom thing and then you go and you put on your coffee and then you, you put on the news and then whatever. I will say, after you do your bathroom routine, don't start coffee. Do the third thing that you do, not the second thing that you do shake up your routine just enough and you'll be uncomfortable doing that. And so the point is, I want you to start to get comfortable with being uncomfortable because if you're going to go through a mind shift transformation with me, it's not going to be comfortable. Mm, Okay. Uh, That that makes sense in, in that context. Yes. Right. Right. It's not going to be comfortable. And I want you to be okay with that. I've had clients, in fact, someone we both know cancel meetings with me because I, Gail, I, I can't go there. I'm not ready to have that conversation yet. <laughs> right? And it's, it hurts to face your fear. But when you have oh, the, the glory and the release on the other side, it's like climbing over the mountain and seeing a field that you can run through naked and no one would care. Yeah. That's, right? That's a fascinating concept. Yeah, when you first said that, I'm like, I, I don't want to change anything in my routine because I've been trying to get a routine for a long time. But at the same time, I don't need to get comfortable with the uncomfortable because I threw everything out the window 10 years ago and it's been the pieces have been landing on the ground ever since. So I don't need to things are shook up. Now right. I need to now I need to build the framework that I will will walk on. And of course, my own neurotype being ADHD, uh, it is it is enough of a challenge to build a routine and stick to it. 
Right. You're not going to stick to a routine. Yeah. You need, you need a routine that has the flexibility to not be a routine. Yep. But but what I find actually by having a routine, because one of the things with ADHD is there's a, you have a limited amount of executive function. So everyone kind of make a certain number of decisions every day before they get decision fatigue, ADHD Mm -hmm. people, that number's lower. So if I don't have to worry about what I ate for breakfast, what I ate for lunch, what I'm going to wear, you know, every day, black pants, black t-shirt, black socks, juice, black coffee in the morning, salad for lunch. I don't make those decisions. Same right. thing every single day. And so I know, okay, those parts, that those are set. Those are done. So right. someone, if you want to go out to lunch? I'm like, oh, I, I guess I can go out to lunch. Uh, can, can we have salad? <laughs> um, well, you know, once I'm already at a restaurant, I might as well. Yeah. yeah. I might as well throw it all away. But, but yeah, even things like getting dressed. Like when I realized I could just wear a black t-shirt every day. There's no reason to worry about which button down shirt, which is my more comfortable shirt and, and which is a, I just got rid of those decisions. Um, Absolutely. And, and, and learning to be true to yourself. So Mm -hmm. I had a a story, a a conversation with my sister, one of my sisters one time, and uh, we were talking about presenting. And I said, you know, when I go on stage, I wear jeans, a tank top and flip flops. And she's like, (gasps) (laughs) right. She's like, aghast. No, you should be weird. Cause I was trained to wear, you know, a skirt and heels and, you know, a button down shirt. And, and I was so uncomfortable on stage. How can I present one? And, and I said, listen, if, if the people in the audience need someone with a skirt heels and, and, and a white shirt, they're not my clients. Mm. I don't want to be there. Wrong audience. Right. I, I have not worn a skirt, a skirt, heel, as heels and button down shirt in years. Honestly. Oh, my God. Don't you feel better and, re- and believed about it? <laughs> well, no, it, it was for Rocky Horror Picture Show cast. So that's a whole different thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So um, so it's all about being authentic. And I remember during an NLP training, a woman that I was with and she's so successful. She is a movie marketing she owns mm-hmm. a business that's ridiculous and she said gail just be authentic just be you you got yep. it yep. you got it right don't try to be anyone else but be you and 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 i'm like what does that mean <laughs> <laughs> right right and it and it meant to stop listening to what people are telling you to do and just do what feels right mm-hmm. right yep as i say always be yourself unless you can be bit unless you can be batman then be batman but otherwise always be yourself yeah, but that's who he really is. Yes, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, it's actually there, there's a uh, coach, Joey Chandler, uh, who I was talking about his his upcoming program, and and I realized that the core of it is helping people to identify their their quintessential self. Uh, and as he's describing it, you know, he's, he's going to take me through the questions to um, to build the course out, which is uh, part of the ultimate course formula concept of asking questions of of potential clients for it. And I realized, oh, I love what you're doing because I've already done it and I don't know how to teach it. And I want to send people to you. Yep. Uh, but I started to achieve my success when I started to be more me and less not me. So if someone, if a client would come to me and say, hey, why don't you do that? And I'd say, well, that's not me. So I'm not going to do it. I don't mm. like doing that. I don't like making calls. What? I don't like cold calling. I don't like closing. I don't like selling. I don't like tracking details. Like, I don't like these things. So I don't do them. Thank you. And, and, you know, you're taught, well, you, you got to do the things you don't like. Your success begins outside your comfort zone. But then you realize, like, it's sales managers to teach you that because they want you to do their system so they can make more money. 
And so it can be easy for them. So everyone fits into the square holes. Right. And there's no round pegs. And, and, but you know, any successful person's like, no, I, I don't like checking my email. So I hired someone to check my email for right. me. It's important. Or I don't like, and it's amazing what people say they don't like. Yeah. You know, oh, I, I don't like talking to my clients. So I have someone else do that. I just do it by email and someone else actually does the one-on-one stuff with them. I'm like, you can outsource that. I mean, my you business. Can outsource anything. Yeah, my business. I'm a network. People outsource their networking to me. Who knew that? I love you as a networker. Yeah. I love you. You're amazing. Right. Yeah. Right. And right. networking is something I hate doing. Mm-hmm. And I will go and I don't go to the same ones every once in a while because I know that I need to meet people and, and, and so forth. And I don't want, I like the fact that the networks that I've met you at are not the ones that say, Hey, my name is Gail and this, and I'm an empowerment coach and this is my ideal client. That doesn't <laughs> tell you anything about me and you've fallen asleep. Yep. Yep. Right. You could care less. You heard coach and that's it. You put me in a box and we're done with the conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm not a coach. I'm an empowerment master. Right. Um, and that will get you interested in holding a conversation with me. Yes. I'm not going to explain it to you, you know, and the next time I go to a BNI type meeting, I will say, well, I'm an empowerment master. If you want to know more about it, schedule one to one. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so when I've gotten to the higher levels of networking, I go to, I go back to some of those, I don't say lower level, but uh, more entry level networking mm-hmm. tech. Because now, you know, now I hang out with people who they speak in terms of my ideal collaboration partner is. Thank you. I love collaborating. Yeah. The, the person whose audience is my audience is, or the person whose audience contains 50 potential partners for me, each of whom know a thousand potential clients for me is. Um, right. And then I go back to these groups that are, are uh, you know, I'm an insurance agent. So if you know anyone looking to save money on their car insurance, like, well, they probably already called Geico after they saw a commercial with a gecko in it. So right? I I don't know anybody. Right. But but yeah, yeah, a lot of that comes down to to being authentic. You know, they're not authentic because they are they're not themselves. They right. are an extension of Liberty Mutual or an extension of Geico or an extension of Remax or an extension of whatever. And so I I just see you know, I, I just see a field of, of hot air balloons. I can't tell which one is you. They all look the same. Exactly, exactly. And and my heart breaks for, for people who are just entering that world. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I went to a chamber open house networking event one time. It was an evening event. And it was, you know, at the time, the chamber was really booming. People mm-hmm. were coming and going. And there was this guy who was an insurance salesman. And he had me cornered. Mike, I've worked in insurance. I, 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 I've been there. I taught insurance, <laughs> right? Yeah. And he's telling me how important insurance is for, and I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, and trying to get away from him. And then I saw him like grab two other people who had a new business um, and giving them the same shtick. And I'm like, why this guy's going to, first of all, burn out. People are going to see him coming and turn around and run the other way. Yep. Right. First of all, second of all, he's not going to get business this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's true. I, but, but for you, the, the old, the old expression, you don't, you don't have to be faster than the bear. You just right? have to be faster than the other guy. So right, right. <laughs> have you met Bob? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> I felt so here. bad that I did that, but I was done with the conversation because I couldn't, this is how much he spoke. 
I didn't even get the chance to say, do you know that I worked at John Hancock and I used to teach the managers across the country about insurance? Yeah. I wrote the programs that they use to certify their staff. Well, and that's the interesting <laughs> thing with, with you with the networking. So so my my strategy for networking, I imagine yours is, is somewhat similar, um, is that I go into a conversation looking to solve a problem for somebody. And when people ask me, like, how do I, what do I do in these conversations? Don't worry about what you do. Try to solve a problem. Everyone's got a problem, whatever it is. It could be personal, it could be business, it could be oh. whatever. Try to solve a problem. Make an introduction to solve a problem. Give advice to solve a problem. You know, have you heard about this Facebook group? Do you know this person? Do you know, you know, and once you've done that, now you've got, you've got credit. You know, if he, if he came in trying to solve a problem and giving you an introduction to somebody, now you're willing to listen to him go on and on about insurance because you, he already gave you something. But yeah. if you just go straight in, but the problem with those people is they're so generic. Even if I, if someone said, Michael, I'll give you a thousand dollars if you can solve one of this guy's problems. I still couldn't solve it short of becoming his client because he's not talking. He's not saying anything. Right. He's just right. like, so, let me tell you about insurance. Blah, 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 blah. I typically, and you, and you know this, go and, and at, I'm looking for a specific conversation on my podcast. And if you're mm -hmm. open to having that conversation, let's talk. Yep. Right. During the, the talk is when I find out whether or not they're, first of all, they're open enough. And nine times out of 10, I end up holding a little mini coaching session with them <laughs> yep. because they're talking about their pain. That's what my, my thing is all about. Mm -hmm. And I've had people the day that we're recording, you know, we have a little talk before we turned on the record. It's like, girl, I had such a breakthrough after talking with you for like 10 minutes. <laughs> you, right. It's like, Boom. It's like, you just like went right for it. I said, well, you were ready. <laughs> I didn't go for it. I just held the door open and you're like, okay. And mm. you were ready. Um, Look so, at you aligning your podcast to your business. Right. So you how to do that. Right. Well, that's, that's what you're doing really. And um, it, some of my clients, a lot of my clients are coaches. They're in mm -hmm. this kind of business. I'm starting to build affiliations. Yeah. Oh, well, you do this and you do that. I don't do that. I would love to refer if I get someone who is looking for that to mm -hmm. you. You know, um, if I have a someone who wants to talk about business process and building a business, I'm over that. Don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> right? Really, oh, mm -hmm. I'm gonna fall asleep. But if I have a client that that's what they want, I'm gonna, I'm gonna connect them with you. So affiliations is what I'm looking for now. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's that's huge. And since we're talking about it, why don't you yeah. tell our audience about your podcast and who you're looking for to have on it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So it's the empowering process podcast. Um, you can find it on, you know, my YouTube channel, the empowering process. Hello. Hello. Or you can find it on iTunes. You can find it on Spotify. You just Google the empowering process podcast and it will come up. What I'm looking for is someone who has gone through uh, a tough time, usually traumatic experience in their life. And they have learned from it, made changes to, to their life because of it, and are growing and successful as a result. And I have had conversations with people who are willing to talk about rape, and I'm, I'm talking about parental rape, mm. right? Um, and what that was like, and how when they woke up, because, you know, when you're a child, you think that's normal. Yeah. Right. Right. You, because doesn't everybody do this? Right. Um, and when you are about 16, 17, you start to realize, well, I'm getting looked at differently. 
mm-hmm. and everybody else at around 18, 19, you realize this isn't good. Yeah. Right. And then you start looking for help or you fall into a trap. So what's the help? Where can you get it? And it, and it's across the board. It's across the board. People have been married to narcissists. Why did you marry a narcissist? Well, here's what happened in my past. Okay. When did you realize that, you know, you could fix what was going on at this point? I broke mm-hmm. it and then I went for help, right? It's about the fixing. So if you're willing to have that difficult conversation, I will only, only go as deep as you are able to go. I don't want to dig into your wound. I want to share it from a healthy mm-hmm. perspective. Um, and give hope to the listener that there is someone else out there who has experienced this Mm. and they found a way out. I can too. I love that concept. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Sharing those kinds of stories. Right. And uh, yeah, I should do a podcast like that, but with neurodiversity. Oh, wait. Ah! (laughs) Wait, that's this one. That's the show we're on now. Right. Right. And, and stop labeling. This is not a disorder. Mm-hmm. This is a gift. And who is to say that this is a disorder versus, hey, you say that's normal only because there's 10 of you and one of me. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean that that's normal. That means we have 10 dysfunctions going on. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've started I've started saying uh, instead of ADHD, because um, first off, not hyperactive, um, uh, ADN for attention mm-hmm. deficit, neurotype. Right. Which it's a different neurotype. It works right? very well in some circumstances. And we all others. have that to some level. Mm-hmm. Right. We all can focus to the point where our brain starts screaming, cut it out. I can't take it anymore. Yep. And then you crash because you've pushed it too far. Mm-hmm. Right. Your bandwidth is just smaller. Yeah. Well, and, and so you learn to be more alert to it. But at the same mm-hmm. time, my effective memory is better than most people's because I know my memory doesn't work. So I don't lean on it. I build mechanism. Other people are like, I'll remember. No, you won't. Me, I say, I won't remember. So no. if, I, if I promise to do something, I'll say, hey, I'll, I'm not near my computer. I want to introduce you to so-and-so. 50 minute chance I'll forget. If you don't hear from me by tomorrow, send me a message. Right. right? Exactly. Promise to do it and be If I don't flight. write it down, yep. it's not going to happen. I, I mm-hmm. say, if it's not written down, it's not real. Yep. Right. Yeah, but just right. acknowledging that, and so many people they they don't acknowledge their their feelings, whatever way. Yeah, I'm like, no, I don't remember stuff. Yeah, I don't follow up well. Uh, yeah, because it's not everyone has strengths and weaknesses. Exactly, and and that's another thing that I do with the clients is if you're if you're looking for your purpose and your gift, um, that's where the the soul stuff, the spiritual stuff comes in. You know, I'm gonna I'll find out what why you're on this earth, why you're here, what is your gift. Not what do you have to achieve, but what is it? The, what's the gift that you bring mm-hmm. that you can focus on to move your career along? I have a gentleman. I see him on Facebook all the time. And about a year ago, it's like yours is communication. Stop trying to do stuff. You need to teach. You need to communicate. You need to write. And then there are a few other things that were specific to him. Mm-hmm. And he immediately started doing podcasts. He immediately started doing presentations. He is rocking and rolling right now. Yep. Right? Because, oh, I don't do that anymore. I have a VA that does that. Yep. Right? That's not my my strength. Yes, he's very capable. That doesn't mean it's your strength. And a lot of us 
don't understand capabilities is not the same as your gift. <laughs> I can right? do it. I should right? do it. Right. I love to write. That is not my gift. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dyslexia tells me that's not my gift. <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. Right. Right. Um, so I don't, if I don't write a blog this week, I don't get down on myself. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I have to be moved and motivated to do that. But my gift is to see the future. My gift is to see the trajectory of where you're going. Mm, right. That's huge. Yeah. yeah, That's really huge. You know, and if, so you're interested in, in knowing, you know, if I take a step left and then a step right, what's the odds of me going straight? Um, Not really good, but I can tell you where you're probably going to go if you continue down that path. Mm, That's going to be hugely powerful. Um, So one of my gifts is not staying on time, but we're only nine minutes over. Uh, So, so we're doing pretty good. So if people want to get in touch with you and access your gifts, how would they do that? I would prefer that they got in touch with me on either LinkedIn or Facebook. Okay. And I'm uh, in both of them. It's Gail Craft, G-A-I-L-K-R-A-F-T, like the cheese. So my Facebook, you know, Gail Craft, I think 77. And then my LinkedIn is Gail Craft. Okay. So come and get me there and do make a note that you, why you're reaching out to me. Don't just send out, you know, a request. Because if I don't know you and you have only one friend and that would be Michael, I will not say yes. Because mm. I don't know you. But if you say, hey, I saw you on the podcast, would love to know more about you, then I'll say yes. Very good. Okay. All right. So reach out on LinkedIn or Facebook and connect with Gail, and she will accurately predict your present and possibly your future and help <laughs> you unlock those gifts. Um, because she's been through a lot of things and seen a lot of things, and she's like farmer's insurance. No. We, 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 <laughs> we, we know a few things because we've been a few yeah, we've been a few things. Is Farmer Omaha Insurance? I don't know. They're all they all blend together for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's just like that bald guy from Farmers. No, wait, she's nothing like the bald guy from Farmers. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. But but she's she's definitely great and and uh, well worth reaching out to. So Gail, thank you so much for being on the show. And and what's your podcast again? It's the Empowering Process Podcast. The Empowering Process Podcast. Of course, all that is in the show notes. So thanks for being on the show. This has been great. Thank you so much, Mike. I love it. This has been the Neurodiversity Superpowers Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whitehouse. Sign up to get every episode at neurodiversitysuperpowers.me. Join our Facebook group on facebook.com slash groups slash neurodiversity superpowers. Thank you so much for joining us. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. I'm launching a course called Successful ADHD Entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur for a long time, and I've had ADHD for a little bit longer than that. Over that time, I've learned quite a few things that make me quite effective. People even call me organized. After many people ask me to, I have created a course to share what I've learned with you. Get details at neurodiversity.me course. The first run is limited to only 20 students, and the first class is April 20th, so don't put this one off neurodiversity.me slash course.